As the 10 tenors warm up to play for you here in the Radio National Studios in just a moment, when was the last time you went to actually see some live music? And who did you see and where? I'm lucky in this job I get to go and see a a big variety of music from country to opera to Americana. But an annual review of the Australian music industry by APRA AMCOS, that's the Australasian Performing Rights Association and the Australasian Mechanical Copyright Owners Society, has revealed that we've lost around 1,300 small and mid-sized live music venues in Australia since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, that's one-third of the entire sector. Think about all those pubs and clubs, those small and mid-sized live music venues in Australia that are just now gone, never to return. And what about all those bands and music and artists? Where are they? What venues are they able to practice their trade in? Where do you get your live music fix? Have you noticed crowds dwindling in the remaining venues that we have? Uh, Perhaps your local's been forced to close recently in the face of cost of living pressures or even the NIMBY pressures that we see. Certainly people don't like to... Well, sometimes they move in next door to live music venues and then start complaining. Has that been an experience that you've uh, had some experience with? I'd love to hear from you. 0418 Maybe you just want to tell me what was your best live music experience of 2023 like uh, Juliet has. She said, last Sunday, Corpus Medicorum uh, gave a wonderful concert, as usual, supporting the Royal Melbourne Hospital, this time celebrating its 175th anniversary. There was a tenor who sang uh, standing in front of the orchestra without a microphone, of course, reaching every inch of the Melbourne Recital Centre, uh, the most wonderful sound. Also, Tony says uh, on Thursday evenings he likes to hear the Railway Gang play old-timey American music at the Railway Hotel in North Fitzroy. Hannah in Victoria says she was pretty sad to leave Alice Springs where she'd go to the Wide Open Space Music Festival every year. Uh, She's pretty uh, chuffed to uh, now find out that the Euroa Music Festival is pretty close to her new home in Victoria. That's a good one to get along to. Thank you, Hannah. What about you? Tell me about your live music experiences of 2023. Have you gone to some good music or have you been trying to count and uh, save up your pennies? 0418 Dan Condon is Double J's music editor. G'day, Dan. Hi, Andy. You spoke with live music venues and booking agents across the country this week. What are they telling you about this, the state of live music in this country? Yeah, look, I wish I could say that they're positive about it, but um, I've certainly never seen this sector of the music industry so distressed. Uh, look, it's not easy to watch other venues around them uh, having to shut up because of um, lack of income, especially when they're looking at their own takings and knowing that they're kind of hanging on for dear life as well. Um, it was basically across the board, with the exception of a couple of regional areas who actually said post-COVID they were getting a little more attention. But besides that, and certainly in all the major cities, uh, small to mid-sized venues said that the, um, the, the future is looking pretty dire. So there's obviously a lot of swirling um, push factors here. The biggest one would be COVID-19 and the recovery uh, in the arts sector. What are the sort of less obvious ones here? What, something I was reading about is certainly big name American acts are kind of difficult to pull out to Australia because you look at Taylor Swift and her era's tour, they're more than happy to tour by themselves. So putting together a festival lineup is quite challenging. What, what else? 
Yeah, look, and I think on that COVID note, um, there's been a, a, an, an impact that's maybe less expected, and that's that with a couple of years of no international touring, the floodgates well and truly opened this year. Um, I've never, you know, I've been writing about music for 20 years, and I've never experienced a time where we've had so many international visitors to the point where it's actually overwhelming. Um, this is obviously a great thing for music lovers, but it also means that, look, if you're paying 300 bucks for a Taylor Swift ticket and then maybe a couple of drinks and a T-shirt and parking and so on and so forth, you might you might be spending $500 on that show, which means that that's maybe $10, $50 shows that ordinarily you'd go to at a smaller or mid-sized venue that you're not going to. Or maybe it's a, you, you are going to go out, but you're not going to drink. So having this kind of influx of international talent in Australia is, is great on one hand, but it's not so great for the smaller side of the sector. Uh, another part of that, which I touched on just, just then, is um, people aren't really drinking as much anymore and certainly not drinking as much at live music venues. Uh, generationally, it seems as though, I mean, this is anecdotal, but it does seem as though the younger generation coming through now, uh, they're not spending much money over the bar. They probably don't really have that much money to spend anyway. Uh, and they also have just a different experience. Their years of being 18, 19, 20 years old weren't necessarily spent coming up through these small and medium clubs and experiencing that really that, that, that beauty of live music in the flesh, uh, rather that kind of, you know, been at home, they've been on TikTok, they've mm. been experiencing it through other ways. And so it's not necessarily a right or a wrong thing, but it just means it's a, it's a different experience for a different generation. It's funny because back in the 90s when, uh, you know, house music, electronic music was coming to the fore, you know, rumours of live me venues, demise were there then because no one was putting money over the bar. They were uh, doing other things, should we say. But it's interesting because, yeah, there's this sort of uh, cost shift when it comes to venue management and the, the markup that you get on alcohol certainly isn't there anymore. What about the NIMBY effect? I mean, you read about it in the paper every now and then, uh, you know, a little club or a little pub playing music, perhaps on a weeknight, getting shut down by the neighbours. Is that much of a factor, do you think? I think that's always going to be a factor. Well, certainly, it has been for a long time, and we still see it. I mean, it was just this week, I believe, that um, the Eltham Hotel in northern New South Wales um, has had to cancel the majority of their live music. Um, that's a beautiful pub in a very regional area, um, but they, uh, you know, they, it just goes to show that it can kind of happen anywhere. Um, look, I would like to think that we will get to a point where people realise that if you move into a live entertainment area, and I'm not saying that Eltham is one, but let's say if you move into Fortitude Valley or you move into Fitzroy or Brunswick, that you just have to expect that it's going to be loud. There's going to be loud live music happening and it's probably going to be happening more than just on your weekends because, you know, that's why we love these areas. That's why they've become so uh, so sought after. Um, but, you know, look, and uh, I think everyone can empathise with not being able to get to sleep because something's too loud. But uh, the shutting down entire, and it's not just venues, but it's really, like, you know, almost entire nighttime economies um, is certainly not the way to go about that and I'm hoping that people who move into these areas do start to understand this and I'm sure a lot of them do but you know it, it does only take a couple of complaints to make um, a really big impact. 
If you've just joined me, it's 23 minutes past four this Friday afternoon on RN Drive. Double J's Dan Condon is here. We're talking about the rather sad statistics around the Australian live music industry. 1,300 small and mid-sized venues that existed in 2019 are now lo- no longer there. That's one third of the entire sector amid lots of other challenges. That's what we're discussing. Love to hear from you about your live music experiences this year. Hopefully good ones. Uh, if they're bad, that, that's good too. Zero four one eight double two six. 576. Uh, Anne in Werribee in Victoria says the highlight of her year was seeing Siobhan Stagg with the MSO at Hamer Hall. Uh, Dave says young people in our family are heading to the Meredith Music Festival this weekend. We are looking forward to the Port Ferry Folk Festival, which is always awesome. Uh, This one too. Uh, Val says she's discovered house concerts. Someone provides the venue and all the ticket revenue goes to the artist. Small gigs are where it's at these days. It seems our favourite local pub has live music every Friday, says Val. Appreciate that. And this one too. Uh, I saw Tex Perkins and the Cruel Sea at the Palais and uh, also the Tex uh, Teskey Brothers uh, they were touring out recently. Uh, The most expensive sing-along in the cheap seats was Paul McCartney, pretty fab to be with the Beatle uh, and his brilliant band, but obviously coming with a bit of a price tag there as well. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know, 0418 226 576. Tell me about this allegation of price gouging. Uh, Sort of uh, festival organisers are saying that when they have to put on police to keep the festival safe, which I don't think anyone is denying is an important thing, there's an extraordinary differential when it comes to the cost or the policing bill that festival organisers are handed, depending on the state. One festival was billed more than $100,000 in New South Wales, but for the same festival in Victoria and Queensland, it was just $45,000. New South Wales could be a bit of an outlier here, Dan. What's going on? Yeah, look, and there's certainly, if you speak to any festival promoter, they will um, have a lot of big thoughts about this. Um, I don't really have much insight into the into the books that, that go on um, behind closed doors with these events. But you can certainly see that New South Wales, um, it, it, it does look as though New South Wales is a much more difficult place to hold an event uh, when, than, than in certain other states. Um, that said, it is expensive everywhere. And the fact is that there are a hell of a lot of festivals happening these days. I mean, it used to be in the in the 90s and the 2000s when I was first going to shows, it was you had the big day out over summer. Maybe you had Home Bake, which was Australians only in November and, and Brisbane had the Livid Festival in October. That was about it, besides a few kind of smaller events. It's pretty much a festival every weekend these days, which means the competition is huge. Uh, the bills are certainly there. Um, you mentioned police. I know that um, insurance is another consistent issue that um, festival promoters are constantly struggling with. Um, I do not know how festivals are able to make money in the current environment, especially with so much competition. And let's be frank, a couple of really big multinational players in the in the scene now um, who basically have a lot more backing than they can afford to lose a bit of money on a couple of festivals um, if it's going to push out a couple of the smaller players. So, um, look, I, I think the costs are absolutely everywhere. Police is, is definitely one of them, and it's one of those costs that's unavoidable. There's You don't get a cheaper option. Uh, you can't find a way around it. Um, it's either, you know, have fewer people or, or um, foot the bill. 
And if you're in any doubt about the impact this is having, certainly on uh, this current generation of artists, um, Kirsty texts me. She says she's a musician. She's doing massively less gigs than pre-COVID. The industry is a mess. Also, I had to leave Melbourne due to housing costs. I cannot uh, get to as many gigs. It's all very sad. So, yeah, you just wonder where are those next generational defining songs if they're not being performed in front of uh, crowds here in Australia. Double J, music editor Dan Condon. Great to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Thanks heaps, Andy. You too. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.